0: 10 a.m., Santa's coming. You don't know nobody know that? Okay. Just making sure. All right. Enough of that. All right, turn to the book of Luke. The book of Luke. We've been talking the past couple weeks about celebrating Jesus. And what are we doing? We're celebrating Jesus' birth, right? That's what we come together at this time of year. Every year we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. And, and so, you know, we've talked. The last couple of weeks about, you know, celebrating him at different every area in our life, every opportunity we get, every season that comes along that we celebrate Jesus and make him first and foremost in our life. And last week we ended with with the angel coming to Mary and Mary, the, the one verse out of all of it was she didn't say after she said, well, why, why, why me? Why me, God? Why, why are you doing this to me? Why are you allowing this to happen through me? I'm, I'm a nobody. I'm a woman in this world, in this country that's second rate, that, you know, people don't even hardly mention my name. They don't listen to my opinion, but you're going to do this through me. And after she got all that clear out of her head, I'm sure to a point, but she said in verse in Luke chapter one and verse 38, then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. She didn't question anymore, did she? She didn't question. She stopped questioning and asking why. She started celebrating the fact that God was going to use her. That God was going to make her known throughout all the ages to come. That we still talk about over 2,000 years later. We still mention this right here. We still mention those things and talk about it. And and so she said, let, let it be to me according to your word, not according to hers, because we know our word a lot of times is different than God's word. Our word starts with, well, you know, all this other stuff that I've done. Well, look at my past. Well, look at this in my life. Look at, you know, look at what I've done the other day. How many's had an opportunity this week? And I don't want to put you on the spot. Okay. So let's put it this way. How many's looked and something come up this week, and you know God was impressing on you to do something or say something, and you felt like you wasn't good enough. Okay? That would be me this week. But Mary said, Let it be me. Let it be done to me according to your word. She stopped questioning. We're going to read some more about that. Because one one passage we don't read this on down the in- Few verses is, is a song. We call it Mary's Song, right? I'm cutting out. It is. It is. Let's see if we can fix this a little bit. All right. Let me know if it still does it. Is it doing it now? I shake my head. I was up here last week shaking and jumping and nothing happened. Well, I wasn't wearing a jacket last week. I take my jacket off, but then you'd see how much I was really sweating. And so we're going to leave the jacket on. Where's we at? All right. So in in just a few verses down in verse 46 of Luke, they got this this passage called the Song of Mary. Song of Mary. And we don't read it much this time of year. I don't know if any of you do. Anybody ever read the Song of Mary? Nobody hardly ever does, do they? Let's skip over to Jesus, which is fine. That's what this is about. But I want to focus for a minute on the person and the persons that this is happening through and happening to also. Because this is huge. This is something that Jesus is coming to this earth. Jesus come. He's nine months away at this point. Back then, two thousand over two thousand and twenty-two years ago, he's nine months away from being born on this earth as a, as a, as a human being, as somebody that they prophesied about a thousand years before. God hasn't spoke to anybody or. Th- I heard it. All right, we turned up going to the speaker or to the camera. All right, turn me up. There we go. Now, I'll try this one. Over 400 years since God had spoken to anybody or through anybody. He didn't have church where they come and God said this, this, and this. God wants you to do this. God didn't have a prophet come and say, hey. I mean, they had synagogue. They they sit down and read the scrolls. they done all those things that they were supposed to do religiously. But they didn't have a new word from the Lord. They didn't have these things. God, God is like He went silent. You ever feel that way? God's silent in your life? He's not. He's not silent. You're silent. So Mary comes, and we know she went and to go see her cousin Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John the Baptist. And, and so while she's there, in verse 46, then Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. What is she doing? She's celebrating Jesus, isn't she? She's celebrating the fact that God is using her to bring the Savior of this world into this world. She's celebrating the fact. She's she's worshiping. She's praising. She don't understand, I'm sure, why all this is going on and why God chose her. God wasn't in the the vast realms of heaven and His throne, and so I'm going to choose that one. And just randomly pick somebody. He didn't do that. He watched Mary. He knew Mary from the beginning of time. And said, this is the one I'm bringing my son through. He looked at Joseph and said, that's the one that's going to be able to overcome all these other thoughts and things. And be the earthly father, the earthly dad to Jesus. To my son, Jesus. And so, he said, she said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. She knew her her state as far as where the pecking order was where she lived in those times. She knew that she was just some lowly woman that didn't matter. And she knew that, and I'm sure those thoughts rang over and over in her head. She wasn't no princess in some mighty kingdom. She wasn't, you know, wealthy. She wasn't any of these things. Reminds you a lot of your own life. You're not rich. You're not just Flowing with abundance. You don't come from a, from a line full of, of, you know, hierarchy of just kings and princesses and queens and all that kind of stuff. You're just you. She was just Mary. She was just a person that God chose to use. And so it didn't matter about her past. She, she didn't, she didn't let that keep her from going forward as we do in today's time. She didn't let what happened yesterday keep her from doing what God called her to do today and tomorrow. She let God speak to her, and that angel revealed to her, and who knows what revelation come to her when that angel spoke. Cause it's a supernatural thing that an angel even slows down good, you know, small enough to where we can actually see him. And, and so, she said, for, for my, for, she said, for, for a lowly state of his mates, behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. Well, that sounds conceited. No, that sounds like she knew who she was automatically. Something, something flipped a switch up here where she wasn't just a lowly maidservant. All generations gonna call me blessed. She's just Mary. She's not anybody. anybody worships. You know, nobody was bowing down to her. Nobody was doing these things. But God used her, and it's no different than you sitting here today or me standing here right now. You, you, you look and say, "I'm just, I'm just Mark Carroll, right? I'm Mark Carroll. I'm a child of the Most High." Sure, I may be lowly and faultful, Alabama. It doesn't matter. God doesn't see me at that. He knew that December eighteenth, two 2022, I would be here proclaiming his word. Why? Because I was obedient. If Mary, when the angel of the Lord said to her, hey, fear not, and she said, no, would you please go away, it might not have been that Mary. God wasn't holding a gun to her head, neither has he any of you, making you do what he said to do. He didn't do any of that. He didn't, he didn't force her and say, you will do this or you will die. Any of that. He didn't threaten her or nothing. He said, this is what's going to happen. And she said, okay. She said, okay. That's where we need to be. That's where I need to be in my life. I say, okay. And, and that that's the final. It doesn't matter about any other questions or anything. Let God work that out. For he is mighty, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his seed forever. So he said, she said, all these things God has done. Why? Why did God do all these things? Because she was obedient. That's why he done all these things. Because as we done heard this morning, prophecies had been laid down from old, years and years ago, and prophecies were being fulfilled that she would, that Jesus would come through a virgin. And that prophecy was being fulfilled. And so Mary was that virgin. Mary was the one that God chose to do a mighty work through. And Mary is no different than any of you sitting here today. None whatsoever. Mary was obedient. Mary didn't worry about, because I'm sure back in those days, just like now, and all the ridicule and the shame that come along with it, you know, we pretty much, and I say accepted, things happen. Children are born out of wedlock. Different things go on. God loves. God forgives. But back then, they didn't have the grace and mercy of God to forgive for those things, right? People especially didn't forgive for those things. People did not. So for her to be pregnant and not married, she was shunned. She was shamed. She was ridiculed. I mean, we'll read over here in just a minute. You can go ahead and turn there now in Matthew. Where Joseph, because we can't forget Joseph in this whole thing, <clears throat> because Joseph had to be just as obedient as Mary for all this to fall into place. Well, everybody, you know, Mother Mary. She's worshipped. You know, we, we get get discussion on Wednesday nights about you know the Catholics. You know, well, they they got a statue of Mother Mary. They worship her, and we know that they don't worship her. Now they set her up. You know, maybe like a God sometimes. And I don't know about all of it. I've never been to Catholic church. Marion may can tell you something about it. He was Catholic growing up. Yeah, you can. Can you do what? You don't want to? Okay. We're good. But in Matthew chapter 1, it talks about Joseph's point of view of it or what happened to Joseph. Because we don't read the story of the angel coming to Joseph in the book of Luke. You have to turn back to the book of Matthew. But in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary had been, was betrothed or engaged with Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So before they came together, we're all adults. We all understand what that means. We have tried to change the anatomy of a man and woman throughout time, especially these last 30 40 50 years in America especially you can't a woman cannot get pregnant without the man involved also now I believe the Holy Spirit and the power of God can make would made Mary pregnant through his power and his his, his, his sovereign spirit nothing perverse happened I don't believe any of that because it said she was a virgin pregnant okay so but in Joseph mind, Mary comes to him. Imagine this with your fiance. JJ. Stacy comes. Says, Hey, uh, God's told me that I'm on I'm on birth his son, but you know, nothing's happened. But I'm pregnant. Yeah, your mind's like you're a liar. You're a liar. God ain't told you anything. You just wanted to go out and do what you wanted to do. And Stacy's not like that. I'm just They were the newest engaged couple in here. Okay, so I'm using them as an example. So, you know, Joseph had questions, just like any man would. You know, his his fiancée come and say, hey, I'm pregnant, but nothing happened. But I'm going to birth Jesus, the Son of God, and He's going to be the Savior of this world. And I'm sure Joseph's reaction, like a lot of us, would be like, no, there's no way, no way that this is happening. I mean, how far fetched can that sound? I mean, she's gonna, she's gonna use, and he might have yelled blasphemacy or something like that because she's gonna use God for your sin that you've committed. You're gonna use, you're gonna use God as an excuse for you going out and doing what you did. So, and even Joseph, let's read on right here. Then Joseph, her husband being just a man, And not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So he was going to kidnap her and hide her. Put her in the basement, in the cellar. Because he didn't want people to see that she was pregnant. That they, you know, and nothing had happened between them. But she was going to have a baby. And then everybody ridiculed and wondered. But he didn't. He didn't because he said, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took him and took him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Joseph got up from the dream. The angel appeared to him also, same angel as Mary. Said, look, this is really happening. Accept it. Joseph didn't get up. And say, no, I am not accepting it. I am not going to do this. I do not want to be the one that has to father this. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to do this. God, why me? Why her? Why are we doing this? None of that was said. Do we read any of those verses? Any of the translations that we read, none of that was said. I'm sure Joseph, being a human just like us, had the same kind of thoughts we all would. The same thing. Why? Why me? Why her? Why now? Why are we doing this? Because we're about to go through ridicule and shame, people disowning us, people talking bad about us, people throwing stuff at us, pointing at us every time we go out, doing all these kind of things. Why? Because of this child being born? Does that make even, does that even make any kind of sense? Would we do it today? And I, you know, I thought about this. If it was today's time that this was going on, and, you know, Joseph and Mary, can you see them on the More public show? Who's who's the father? And they did a DNA test, and Joseph's DNA wasn't in there. And he's like, see, I told you. Told you I wasn't the daddy of that child. None of that. I know, that's goofy. And that was in my notes, and I deleted it, but I said it anyway. Because <laughs> I thought about it. I don't need to say that. But no. Um, and so... Today's time we think about something like that happened. We we couldn't imagine it. We couldn't fathom it. But there's nothing in this Bible that God's done that we can consider logical. There's nothing that Jesus done that we can consider logical in our own minds, in our worldly minds. All the miracles that he performed was not logical, was it? It wasn't logical for him to spit in the mud and rub on a man's eyes and he'd become he, he'd be able to see. It wasn't logical for him to speak to Lazarus in the tomb and say, Hey, come out. After four days of him being dead. Wasn't logical. It wasn't logical God calling Mary just a woman in, in just a little town in this Nazarene town and this, and just because she's in the lineage. There's a lot of women and a lot of men in the lineage of David. A lot of them. There wasn't the only two left in this world that were there. A lot of them. And he said, no, I want those two. Why? Because Joseph was found to be a just man of God. Mary was a pure virgin and she hadn't done anything. And God said, I want to use them. You say, well, I'm, I'm not either one of those. I don't feel like I'm just. And, and I'm, you know, I'm definitely I'm not a virgin. I've, I've done all these things in my life. God doesn't care. Because that's why Jesus came. Because once you ask forgiveness of your sins and accept Jesus into your heart, guess what it makes you? It makes you justified." And it makes you glorified through Him. And it makes you cleansed through Him. As if those things had never have happened to Him in your life. So we can't use that excuse about me and about what I've done. And look at me and look what's going on in my family. Look how my children act. Look how all these things that, that we try to throw in the way of us doing what God's called us to do. He used two people to bring salvation to this world. That we could come here today and celebrate Jesus. Two people. Two unknown people that didn't have a clue what was going on and said, I want those. I want those. And it's the same today as He's calling all of us. He wants you. He wants you. He wants you. You can put your name in there wherever. And He wants you to do what God's called you to do. No matter what it is. It don't have to be up here preaching. We've said this a lot. We say it all the time. And guess what? We're going to say it some more. Easiest thing us to do to spread the gospel is to go out and, and witness to somebody. Go out and tell somebody, that you may see they're having a bad day, and guess what? Hey, God loves you. Well, I can't say that. Guess what? Mary and Joseph said they couldn't do this because they did, didn't they? It's a lot more that God asked of them than He asked of any of us. A lot more. Because He knew the ridicule and the shame. And it's just a prequel of what was going to Jesus was going to some endure because of who He was. Mary and Joseph had to deal with all that kind of stuff while he was here, when he came. And can you imagine him growing up? And just, oh, that's Jesus. That's just Jesus. That's just a carpenter's son. He's nobody. He may think he is. He may think he's all this, but he's not. And I can hear the women in the, in the town of Mary. Who does Mary think she is? Who does she think she is? I heard what she said last week. I heard what she's done. She's talking, gossiping about people. Doing all this stuff, who does she think she is that she's going to be, you know, the one that Jesus is going to come through, the Savior of the world? Who is this Jesus anyway? Remember, I said last week, up until the angels told Mary that you're going to name your child Jesus, they didn't know his name was Jesus. They just knew he's going to be the Messiah, the Savior, Emmanuel. He's going to be God with us, but but in the form that he was coming, they still didn't accept it. They still didn't. They couldn't see it. Because it wasn't logical. Like we said last week, they wanted somebody coming in riding on that white horse, on that stallion with that sword and shield and a gob of truth behind him to plow over the Romans and whoever was trying to take over the children of Israel. That's what they wanted. But they got Jesus. They got something better, but they couldn't see it. You have something better in your life if you let God show you to where you can see it. You have something that you, you God wants you to do. Guess what? He chose you today just like He chose Mary and Joseph. He chose you today because He knew you would be here listening to the Word of God being preached. Not because of anything else, but because He created you just as He created Mary and Joseph to celebrate Jesus. So you have an opportunity today to celebrate Him in your life and go out from here and live the life that He's called you to live. And, that, and that's nothing more. You don't have to think way into it. I don't know what God wants me to do in my life. I don't know what He's calling me to do. You know, I, I can't speak. I can't get up here and do this. I can't sing. I I, I don't know. Go out to all the world and preach the gospel. A great commission. That's what He's called each and every one of us to do. And to celebrate Him with our lives every day. How we live. What we say. How we talk. You know, what we watch. All those kind of things to celebrate Him in our life. And to show others that He's Lord of our life. So Mary and Joseph, let's get back to them. They were just obedient. He's always been looking for those to be obedient. Always. You read back through every every area of the people's lives and everything that that, that we read about, everyone to read about in the Word of God, they all had one thing in common. They were obedient. The ones that prospered in their life, the ones that didn't, guess what? They weren't obedient. They weren't obedient, but they were obedient. Let's read on. Go over here to my notes. So over on in in Luke chapter 2 can go back there in verse 8. Guess what? We're going to read the the birth of Jesus. And we should this time of year. We should read it. We should celebrate the fact that He came to this earth. I know, and and we've done it with my children and grandchildren. You know, this kind of year can all be about Santa. And I'm not up here telling you, don't do Santa with your children by no means. I would not. That's between your house and what you do with your children. Santa in itself is not evil. But Santa can take the place of Jesus in what we celebrate if we don't watch it. And we get commercialized with everything else going on that we forget the true meaning of why we're here, to celebrate Jesus. Not not to celebrate anything else here. We go to the parades. I see all the stuff. And, you know, like I said, I, I got my Santa socks on today. All right. But I know who my Lord and Savior is. I know Santa cannot save me. Santa cannot give me a place in heaven. He's not up there building something for me. His elves are not building me a mansion in heaven right now, I promise. And it's cold where Santa's at, too. It's like it's, I think Santa's bringing the cold north air with him next week, ain't he, for Christmas. And it's going to be cold. Guess what? In heaven, it's paradise, right? It's not paradise in the North Pole. But... So that's who we need to concentrate on celebrating as we go ahead this week, as we go through this week and throughout Christmas Day, next Sunday. You know, like we said, we're not going to have church next Sunday because it's a time. we, there's other churches that are. Oh, you need to join together at Christmas Day. You need to be with your family on Christmas Day and you need to be worshiping the Lord and Savior, whether it's at a church or whether it's at your home. That's who you need to be concentrating on. When Jesus was born, if we celebrate that day, he wasn't at a church building, was he? Where was he at? He was with his family. And, and so there's nothing wrong with people having church that day or not having church as long as their main goal and purpose is to celebrate Jesus like we do today, just like we do the other 52 weeks of the year. We celebrate Jesus. So the shepherds. in verse Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. Oh, and another thing, I got my Siri fixed so I can go, Hey Siri, look, look, nothing happened. Ain't no music going to play this week. Nothing like that. If you wasn't here last week, I played a song that I don't even know what it was. I'm about time to party. I'm talking about another song. So I turned Siri off. So hopefully that will not happen again. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, watching over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the God shone round about them. And they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I'll bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So Jesus, nine months had gone by, right? But I know how long pregnancy takes. It didn't, it didn't evolve over the years. Okay, it didn't, it didn't take less time back there or more time. Guess what? It took nine months. All the time since God created The birthing process. A child being made. Nine months. And, so Jesus is here. So there's, they were, they were in the manger, in the stable, celebrating Jesus' birth. And then the angels come. Guess what? Guess what? What do we read that happens whenever one of us comes to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior? It says all of heaven rejoices, doesn't it? Why was all of heaven rejoicing because Jesus was born? Because they knew already. That what was coming out of it. They knew that through Him being born, they could celebrate others getting to have that relationship with God, having that relationship with Jesus. They knew that that them celebrating Jesus on this earth, we was all going to get to celebrate with them that Jesus was here. And 2,000 years later, we can still celebrate that Jesus has come to this earth and Jesus is Lord of our lives, right? And so, if without Jesus coming here, we couldn't celebrate over 2,000 years later that He is our King, He is our Lord and Savior. We have a personal relationship with him he was a final sacrifice the ultimate sacrifice he's <clears throat> the savior which is christ the lord and this will be a sign to you if i find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger and suddenly a multitude of the heavenly host praising god and saying glory to god in the highest on earth peace goodwill toward men glory to god in the highest. a host Can you imagine a multitude of angels singing I don't know what that would sound like, but I'm sure that those, um, I say that other people around had to hear, but guess what? God has revealed these things to you. I don't know who else heard the angels sing. It might have been just God said, no, I won't. I'm revealing, I'm stopping things, and just slow enough down at the speed of light to stop, and these angels, these hosts of them, and I don't know how much a multitude is. It doesn't say in the Bible how many angels that there was in heaven. When a third of them fell and two thirds stayed in heaven. Well, how many, how many was there? A million? Two million? Three million? So if two thirds stayed there, then there's, there's, if there was three million, there's a lot of angels still there, right? A lot of angels. So all the angels could have been in camp roundabout and up in the skies and they saw all those and, and just, just, I mean, a blast of sound singing glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to Him. Praise Him. Celebrating Jesus because of what was happening. Because they knew those sheep that they were watching that used to sacrifice and be that scapegoat, that one that they would bring to the temple had to be pure. And they would sacrifice that lamb, right? Mm. They knew those sheep wasn't going to make it anymore. They were not going to be the ones when Jesus died. He was going to be the ultimate sacrifice. And. Through those those shepherds, and that's just a, mm, Jesus we know, we talk about as a lamb. And he's the ultimate sacrifice. He used to take these sheep and they would sacrifice them, right, for the sins of mankind around. They would sacrifice those things. But Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the ultimate lamb that could come and take away all the sins of the world. So those sheep, one day, they knew also they was going to get to live. People may still eat them get wool off of them, do all those other things, but they weren't going to be sacrificed anymore for the atonement of man's sins. They weren't going to have to be. So they were singing and praising God, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so the shepherds went out obedient. They didn't reject what God had showed them, did they? They went and found Him. We know that. They went and found Jesus and worshipped Him there, not as a baby, not as a human, but they worshiped him because of what God revealed to them. Revealed to him that he is God Himself. He is God in flesh. He is Emmanuel, God with us. That little child that they was worshiping in a manger, they wasn't worshiping a human. They weren't worshiping a baby, they were worshiping Jesus Christ, Jesus the deity, Jesus God, the Father, Jesus all three in one. And and so all of that they were worshiping. And then there's the three wise men we know about them. They came from just afar off. They were a long way off. And, you know, you can try to listen to people, astronomers and different things, try to say, well, that really wasn't just one star. These planets lined up and blah, blah, blah. I believe if God can make a woman pregnant without her having a man involved, then He can set a star where He wanted it for as long as He wants it. And it doesn't matter what logical about it. Nothing about this was logical. So what makes you think he's got to be logical for a star to stay in the sky for months and months? Because if these if these uh, wise men were from the east, then they come a long way on camels, horses, whatever they were on. They didn't get in a plane and fly over. They, they didn't just get in a boat and, and just jet over. No, it took them a while to get from where they was to where Jesus was at. But they followed the star. They followed what God had put in the sky and through all that time was faithful because they knew that they needed to be right there. Because there was something going on. Something was birthed that, that was going to be the redemption of all man's sins and they needed to go worship him. They needed to go praise him. And so for what God has done for us for bringing Jesus into this world and for birthing that through and us receiving that in our lives, why do we not celebrate him like we need to? What is holding us back from celebrating Jesus in our life each and every day? What's keeping us from, from doing like these wise men, not, not caring about what anybody else thinks? Herod wanted them to kill him. Hey, tell me where that baby is. So I can go and kill him. Because what did he do? Herod, did, Herod knew about what, was going to, what was the prophecy was about. And he said, whoa, this, this king, this little baby being born is going to overtake my throne. And I can't have that. He said, so we'll just kill him. We'll kill all the babies under two. Kill them all. But they couldn't find Jesus, could they? They couldn't find him. And these wise men, they come back to Herod and pretty much told him. They pretty much lied to him. Yeah, we didn't see him. He was gone, and I'm paraphrasing. You know, we can go read the story, but they didn't let him know where Jesus was at. They weren't going to. Because they knew in their hearts there's something revealed to them through the Spirit that Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus was more than just a man that was going to sit on a throne here on this earth, he's going to sit on the highest throne at the right hand of God. He was going to be in that heavenly place as we read about with the with the uh, 24 elders all around the throne in that sea of glass and them throwing their crowns down every day all day long worshiping Jesus worshiping God. Jesus is right there seeing all that. And so he but he left all that to come here so we could have some glimmer of hope in our life besides what we see every day. Besides what we see oh, I got to get up go to work today. I got to deal with children. Teenagers are awful. You know, it's all this stuff, husband not doing right, wife we can't get along, all this stuff. And we don't seem like we have any hope. There's a hope. Our hope is in Jesus. It doesn't matter about all this other stuff, because we can't be content on this earth. It's Jesus and all Him. All glory and honor and praise goes to Him. I'm not going to cry this morning, I promise I might. The Spirit gets on me and He's here. I don't know if you can feel it, but I can. I know the Spirit is real in this room today. Why? Because two or three are gathered together in His name, Jesus' name. He said, there am I in the midst of them. So if you can't feel it, then, then you might need to, uh, you might need to ask for some forgiveness. You might need to push some things away that's, that's separating you from where you need to be with God. You may need to get some things out of your life and out of your mind that, that Satan wants to use against you all the time to say, well, you know, you know we're not Mary. You can't be Joseph. You can't do those things. You can't be like that because all this other stuff that happened. Look what the world says against you. Look at all this other stuff. Like I said earlier, Mary and Joseph we're just humans just like we are. They're just what God wanted, and you're just what God wanted. If not, He would not have created you. You was not just created on a whim. Man has tried to recreate everything that God's done. They say about God created, we know He is the ultimate creator. All of this that we see, the air that we breathe, you know, everything's got to be set up and perfect. And, and they say, oh, it's just evolution. It just come about. It just come about it did I believe that when God spoke it into existence and spoke and then breathed the breath of life into man, formed him out of dust, formed that woman out of that man's rib so he could so she could be his helpmate she could be right there beside him and, and God formed all these things and done all these things and man will try to pervert that because that's what Satan's been trying to do ever since he's got Adam and Eve to sin in the garden since he's got thrown out of heaven he's tried to pervert everything that God's done. But what man cannot do, they can recreate animals, clone them, humans, do all this stuff. They cannot give man a spirit and a soul. That only comes from God. They can recreate as many of us as they want to, but those will never have a spirit and a soul and know what it's like to feel God in their life. Know what it's like to have God, the power of God move and work through them because they don't have that. They can't have that relationship with Him. So what they can do is just to a certain point, God said, no, I'm going to we'll make it logical. I'm not going to make it easy. I don't want this recreated. I want people to see what I do is forever and forever and forever. And that's where God's kingdom is. That's where Jesus' kingdom is. It's not here on this earth. We're part of the kingdom of God. If you're saved today, then you're part of the kingdom of God. You're part of that. You're part of His army. And God wants you to go and do. There's no peasants in the kingdom of God, okay? There's no lowly servants in the kingdom of God. We're all we're all joint heirs. We're all heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ is what Paul says in Romans. So that means, now we're not Jesus. We're not God, but we're up here. We're the head only, right? We're above only and not beneath. We're the head and not the tail. So you're not a lowly maidservant in the kingdom of God. God doesn't have you a mansion built on just the back corner of heaven or some shack over there. He said, no, I go to prepare a place and where I go, you'll be with me. So it's up to us today. To throw this all this other stuff aside that so we can celebrate him not only this week coming up, through Christmas, through the rest of the year is coming up, the rest of twenty twenty three as we go into it. Every day we wake up and our forefront of our mind is celebrating Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Celebrating Him in our lives by how we do, how we act, how we live each and every day, and proclaiming His name with boldness out of our mouth, to where others can come in that relationship with us, just like with Him, just like we are. So don't let another day go by that we do not celebrate Jesus. And go on with your family this week. Read over this. Read over and know the story of Jesus coming to this earth. Celebrate with your family. And, and you know, sure, do the Santa thing if you want to. Have toys out. Daddy, we've never done Santa at the house. He said, I am not giving glory or, you know, all this other undue stuff to a fat man in a red suit that I work so hard for every year. So I could so my children could have something, and I understand. But that is his thought. He said it up here before. And he wasn't a grinch. We got good stuff. I got socks and underwear every year. I wish Mama was in here. <laughs> every year. New pack of socks new pack of underwear. I know, it was awful. <laughs> awful. I was two years late on getting a Nintendo. Super Nintendo was out before I got a Nintendo. Because the Nintendos were on sale when I got one. I was a deprived child. I was not. I was blessed. I was blessed. That's for sure. Still am. My children are blessed. They never went without. My grandson is definitely not going without. Promise. None of that. We all stand this morning. If you're here today, and we, we say it every week, and Jesus is not Lord of your life, then today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you need to make Jesus Lord of your life to where you can become in that right standing with Him, to where you can know that when you leave this earth, you'll be in heaven with Him. And, and it's just because of what Jesus done, because of what we're going to celebrate here in a few days and what we celebrate now of Him coming to this earth, being born of that virgin birth, living that sinless life. But most of all, He died on the cross, and rose again that third day, didn't he? So that cemented it all, ultimate sacrifice. So don't leave today and not know that Jesus is not lord of your life. If you've walked away in your relationship with Him, it's just a prayer. It's just praying that God forgive me of my sins, come back and renew, I want to renew that right spirit, renew those things in my life that that I have walked away from, and walk every day according to what He wants us to. Easy, no, it wasn't easy for Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, the wise men, anybody else that we read about or read about that walked with Jesus and followed Him. And none of it was easy, but they done it. They were faithful. He's asking for all of us to be obedient. So be obedient to His Word today in every area of our life. Be obedient to Him. If you need prayer for anything, healing, whatever it is, come and and, and we'll pray and believe God together.